This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Current pessimism is historically overblown. A Gallup poll taken in January and February showed 83% of Americans see the economy as fair to poor, and most of those see little prospects for improvement. Farm folks and citizens in general have been in a pessimistic funk over the direction of the country for some time. Polls show pessimism in general about almost everything, despite record low unemployment, rising wages that have softened the impact of inflation, moderating inflation, and relatively low taxes and regulation compared to historical conditions. The mood is much worse than reality. I see the negative attitude as being fed by the political arena. It is in someone's political agenda to portray things as being bad. My mentor, Berkshire Hathaway's Charlie Munger, has noted how people are less happy about the state of affairs than they were when things were way tougher. That is excellent historical perspective. Economic conditions today are much better by almost every metric out there than what past generations have had to deal with, yet they whine a lot more today than previous generations ever did, dealing with much less than they did. The great pessimism for this country is ideologically driven and unwarranted. One could describe the whiners as badly spoiled to the point that they cannot appreciate the standard of living that Americans enjoy, nor the advantages that prevail. It has gone out of fashion to say anything good about the state of U.S. affairs, which is sad considering that our previous generations had much more to complain about than we have. They worked hard to build this country that we have today. That is not to say that we do not have looming problems that lack attention, but they are solvable when the public decides solutions be crafted and implemented. Both of our primary geopolitical competitors, China and Russia, are going to have their work cut out for them surviving intact the next 50 years. I think that we, by contrast, will continue to improve. The Russian economy is about the size of that of the state of New York. Sanctions and war losses are about to shrink Russia in multiple ways. For a relatively small investment of 10 to 15 percent of our defense budget, we are supporting a proxy war through Ukraine that is degrading the Russian military, which is losing to Western technology. All Putin has left of strategic leverage ultimately is his nukes, which makes Russia an overblown North Korea, not something the Russian people should espouse any desire to becoming. Perceived Russian energy leverage has been circumvented. Beijing has always prioritized domestic stability. They promote nationalism, but realizes the tipping point for their future if they follow Russia over the cliff. So far, they push to the crest of brinkmanship, but show caution from going over, as do we. The U.S. outsourced its industry overseas, mainly to China, during the years of globalization. U.S. industry is now reshoring to the North American continent. $108 billion was invested in new factory construction-related investment in 2022, which is just a down payment as to what I think will be a reindustrialization of America. This will be the ongoing trend supported by government incentives. There is thoughtful strategic decision-making going on as to what industry that we need to maintain onshore for our security. The U.S.-Canadian-Mexican economic partnership is the strongest in the history of the world. 
One of the greatest limitations to factory expansion in the United States is finding workers. Yeah, we have illegal immigration, and our immigration laws are incoherent. But even so, these workers are needed and benefit our economy. These immigrant workers are not as entitled as many Americans see themselves as being. This is being addressed by building new factories with advanced automation and AI, reducing the number of workers required while increasing productivity. The real problem is not the people crossing our southern border, but the fentanyl. While having to take others' word for it, I believe that it is real. I have to admit that this drug threat is occurring outside of my daily existence, as I must live in a protected world where drug abuse and things like fentanyl do not exist in my presence. It seems surreal to me. China and Russia have terminal aging demographics that will be a drag in their economy, while North America has comparatively good age demographics that will support growth on this continent. Will the U.S. dollar be replaced by another means of global currency transactions? I believe the U.S. dollar has at least another couple of generations of longevity as the primary world currency yet, and nothing inherent that says that our dollar dominance will not go on even much longer than that. Those pessimistic over America have always been wrong. If you've been listening to the Comstock Report, for more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.